Cha-ching. It was like a cash register. I could not stand that fucking lady in that video. Oh, my God. What are you doing to him? Yeah, I know. I'm like, all right, lady, if you care that much, get involved. (laughs) Don't keep If you care that much, give up your seat so he can stay. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been like, "Mm, I'm going to look at my Sky Mall. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, hey, don't bother me. I'm ordering a neck pillow. I wonder if this guy's into pussy. <laughs> Sweet day, it is a beautiful day. I've got the sky under my feet now. Sweet day, it is a beautiful day. I've got the sky under my feet now. Like you'd say, this guy is a Peyton Manning. Okay. This guy is... Drew Brees. This guy, you know what I mean? He's not, and Drew Brees got drafted in the second round. But I'm saying, you know, no one knows they're like, this guy is going to be He's a like success. like Rex Grossman? Yeah. Oh. This guy is going to be a successful quarterback. A regular Kyle Orton? The Dodger Stadium is very average. There's really nothing to it. And Dodger fans go to games. Granted, it's, you know, they go in the third and leave in the seventh to play with a beach ball in between, but they go to the game. something oh jeez. Oh. hey everybody welcome to you're gonna get a disease with luke jonah and nick hey buddy hey guy jonah's not here uh, i'm not here <laughs> he's got a paper he's writing yeah i don't know <laughs> his dissertation on beer i'm i'm getting super sweet grades <laughs> i didn't know what the hell he's doing but he sounds he sounds uh really into it like yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 you'd think I'd listen when he spoke, but he's probably been telling me about getting his master's for a while now, and I just kind of look past him, thinking about baseball. Well, we miss you, sir. We miss you. Uh, speaking of baseball, uh, you were on the radio today. Yes. You were on the score? Yes. As a call-in. Yes. After you heard what? Well, I I love Saturday and Sunday mornings because they do inside the clubhouse. Is Bruce uh, Levine still on the air? Saturdays he does. Okay. Which is awesome because I work Saturday mornings. I'm always here. Bruce Levine is like, if if I could pay him to sit in my bedroom and talk baseball to me while I fell asleep, I would do that. <laughs> and give you a hand job. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Same time. <laughs> <laughs> but they were talking about the Sox a little bit and their start and how they're in first place. Um, which makes me laugh, like Erica talking about the Sox. And she's a homer. Say, I'm a homer too, but I know how to uh, rein it in. Yeah, well, she. I mean, she. <laughs> she doesn't know how to rein it. She in. told me that I wasn't a loyal fan, which made me laugh. <laughs> no, Erica's the kind of person you get it like a six game winning streak. We're going to the series. Yeah. No, no, no. When I told her down. that AJ Przinsky would not be a good manager for the Sox, she said she's loyal, and I'm not loyal. I wouldn't know anything about that. And I'm like, oh, yes, a Cub, <laughs> a Cub fan who's. 
<laughs> suffered for a hundred years. Yeah, you haven't been to any games. No, never, never go. Um, <laughs> but a gentleman called in who felt that the Sox being 22 games in and in first place should be looking to build and go for it this year. No. And he went on and on and on and on about it. And I had to call in. I had Because he said he pulled out the old adage, which I know has been brought up between us, and I've talked about it with many, many Sox fans, which is the quote, White Sox fans won't stand for a rebuild. And Not true. I had to call in. <laughs> I've stood for it for 11 years now. And I had to rebut this guy, and I'm like, <laughs> I talked about when the Cubs were winning some ball games, when we were actually right around 500 and looking good. And they traded Scott Feldman, and there were some idiot Cub fans that went, "Oh, could you trade Feldman? Oh my, you've got junk back." And if you look at if you look at some of the bad, if you Google some of the tweets about Epstein mm-hmm. with like Chet Kopic, Chet Kopic talks and, like this, yeah, and all these other idiots that were saying that Epstein was a fraud and he, and uh, calling him Ep fraud, that idiot that used to be on ESPN, uh, Murph. Um, I remember Murph, yeah, and. Uh, <clears throat> Where they were ripping them for this, and you're like, you got junk back. Well, they got Jake Arrieta and Pedro Strope back. Um, Your who, upper management team knows what they're doing. Yes. Yeah, they, they. But there were people complaining about, why'd you trade Scott Feldman? That's the situation the Sox are in right now, where they're like, why would you trade Miguel Gonzalez? Okay, now I think Miguel Gonzalez is a good pitcher. I said when it, he came up, was it last year or the year before, I told a buddy, this guy's good. He could be part of the future, because he's young and he's successful. And if you can find a way to kind of keep him in the mix and develop sure. him and build around him. <clears throat> but this guy said, you know, the White Sox fans won't stand for it. So I, I, I called in. I talked about the Feldman thing. And then I said, why is it the White Sox fans won't stand for it? I said, what are they standing for? I said they started 23-8 and eight last year, and their attendance was down 4% at that point from the year before. They're not going to the games. They're not standing for anything. Yep. Okay? And I'm not doing this to rip Sox fans. I'm just saying, lose that verbiage okay do what's best for the organization if you win hopefully the fans will come out if you win and they don't come out then you need to move or something because the idea of the organization is to make money yeah and obviously we had that honeymoon period i think white Sox games were selling out well into the early 2010s and it just dive bombed you know the second after 2008 season was over and that i think there's the last appearance in the playoffs we it just took a, a nosedive and it really it is hard to get people to go to the south side even though they've made tons of improvements to that area and the ballpark it's a fun place to go it's a fun place to tailgate right getting people out there because of the stigma of the neighborhood is still huge it's just like i don't want to go to a shitty south side and it's like it's actually not that but bad but i think that doesn't make you sense know? to me if you're a fan yeah you go i mean i get i get the the you know usually when i say the Cubs go to the games no matter whether they're winning or losing. Now their attendance the goes The Cubs go to games at other people's ballparks. Yeah. And their <laughs> attendance goes down when they're losing. Sure. Well, just like any other team, but they still have a good attendance. And I get the, oh, you just go to drink beer because it's a big party at Wrigley. Well, no, because I, some people do. I, not well, you. Some people yeah, do. Some people do the but same thing at the Sox parks. Exactly. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and the same people that tell me that are the ones arguing about the amenities at Sox Park, including the craft beers and all that. I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great place. I, you're right. I love watching the ball I mean, game you, there. You, but there's, they were fr- there were freaking thousands of Cub fans in Boston. Yeah, 
okay? They're a good fan base. They support their team. And I'm not saying this to say, ha-ha, Sox fans. I'm saying, support your team. Who cares what's at the stadium? I don't care. I went to Wrigley when there was nothing there. When it was when it wasn't Wrigley a was park and there wasn't shady back in the early eighties. I remember yeah. it not being a very nice, friendly. No, they've they've made crazy improvements to Wrigley. Field. Yeah, yeah, and it's great. It's but we go to the game. I went to opening day, and I get a text from Jenny Donahue because Ben Zobrist's wife sang the national anthem, or no, she sang "God Bless America." Oh, sweet! And I thought she was fine, and she's a Christian singer. Hallelujah. I get a yeah. I get a text that says, "Juliana Zobris, my God, that was awful." Something, something, dark side. And I went. <laughs> I just texted back, "Don't care." Game. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Stop worrying about the things that surround the game. Enjoy the game. I was there for the game. I'm there for the team. That's what I. I don't care if the park sucks. It looks great. Good job. But. I don't care. You know, just going off of that, I think you're actually the exception more than the, the, the rule because people want to go to a ball game to experience the stadium and the atmosphere around it. Like, there's nothing better than walking into a stadium outside of the, uh, the aisle that you're going in and seeing that green grass. You know what I'm saying? That that instant you see the scoreboard but, and the grass but and everything. But doesn't that occur no matter how good the stadium I, is? Obviously, but there's – I mean, you could watch a game on television – and you could still be into the game, like. But as far as a stadium experience, everyone sure. needs to experience you want, that. You want a nice day. You want good food. You want sure. you want clean bathrooms. You want not long lines. You that's want... why I'm saying you're kind of the exception because you're there. You you but, could have a pea trough and you could have but if, a shitty hot dog and you'd be okay. But there's a lot of people that go. I'm spending fifty dollars. I want the lavish experience. It's that's changed. But over time. I don't think I'm the. Ex- I think they're the exception. You think because so? Because if you look. The same people that argue that we go to Wrigley because we want to drink beer and it's a big party and sit in the bleachers and go to the bars and everything, which are nice. It's fine. Drinking beer is great. Well, I like beer. Before you give your point, who doesn't like a fucking party? Well, <laughs> but they say that's the reason we go. But then why are we in You guys are LA? going to a party to have fun. Why are we in yeah. Boston? Why are we in Milwaukee? We have more, we're have we more in Milwaukee than no, Milwaukee They call fans. it Wrigley North. We've always joked about that. And they call that. Cincinnati Wrigley East and they call it Atlanta <laughs> Wrigley South because we pack the place. There were more... I guarantee you, when they played the Reds the last series, there were more Cub fans in the in the stands than Reds fans. Yeah, and it was an empty it was an empty stadium. And when they played Pittsburgh, there were more Cub, which kills me because Pittsburgh is one a good team, two it's a beautiful ballpark. It's be- and the place there were probably eight thousand fans there to see the game, and probably three thousand of them were Cub fans. Well, it's ridiculous. Just going off of Pittsburgh real quick, I I don't know who was talking about it, so. Maybe it was you or Jonah, but I remember somebody speak, talking about Pittsburgh. Regardless of how good that team ever is, they're a team with a stamp on their foreheads that just say an annual loser. Regardless of how good they do, it's they have this reputation for I being shitty. True, and I don't know if where it that's came from. Milwaukee to me, that's not Pittsburgh. Milwaukee's been shitty since the Pittsburgh qualified for the win. playoffs three years in a row. Yeah, but they still. I, I, Milwaukee had a, I think, a wild card in two thousand eight or two thousand something like that. But Sorry. Pittsburgh has won World Series. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I got to tell you, when somebody made that argument, I was like, yeah, I always pictured Pittsburgh mm. as always last place. I don't know why that goes in my brain. I think that's more almost uh, 
Kansas City Royals is another one of those teams that won the World Series a couple of years ago. And I'm like, Kansas City Royals, they're always yeah, but last they have place. pretty good fans, though, that go out either way. Yes, they do. I'm trying to think of a place that even when they're fa- – I mean, look at – San Diego. San Diego is Wales terrible. Vagina. And that's a beautiful stadium, and it's a beautiful city, and you'd think they'd go. But they can't even keep a football team there. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> Have you been to San Diego? Have I've you not, walked I've, around I've, that town. I've heard it's a great city to visit, and that's about it. The weather's we nice. We walked around that stadium, and it was beautiful. And it was like this would be great. I'd love it, you know. And my buddy Joe, who's a Dodgers fan, he goes to all the Dodger games at San Diego. Sure, because he lives there now, and it's, he's like, it's phenomenal. The stadium's awesome. I mean, I've been to Dodgers. They fill their stadium. Their stadium sucks. I, Dodgers. Uh, I know. I went to Anaheim. Uh, Anaheim's English, beautiful. Yeah, Dodger Stadium sucks. Okay, it's it's a very average looking ballpark. I rub it. I rub it. Um, <laughs> it's a very <laughs> sorry <clears throat> popped into my head the other day. We it's were walking very... to Costco and I saw an iRobot Roomba. Yeah. that there was for sale, and I just went iRobot. And Allison's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, that's gonna be there forever. <laughs> <clears throat> um, <laughs> sorry to be, just... but the Dodger Stadium is very average. There's really nothing to it, and Dodger fans. Go to games. Granted, it's you know they go in the third and leave in the seventh to play with a beach ball in between, but they go to the games. So I guess the so, I mean who the are good baseball fans? White Sox fans, and I I haven't been to a game in three years, and it hasn't been by like not wanting to go. I want to go to a game, except I've just never blocked time for it. You know, there's so much shit going on, or there's work going on. I'm like, I could go to the game, but I could stay home and relax. You know, right? And that's that's probably my biggest. I still watch the games. I've been watching them on television. They got my at least revenue from ad placement yeah. more than anything else. But, you know, as far as actually getting out to a game, I'm a bad fan when it comes to that. Well, you got to go, my friend. You got to go. I mean, who are good fans? Hmm? Who's the good fans? Who are the good fan bases? Oh, you know who's a good fan base? <coughs> the Chicago Bears fans, my friend. Oh, no, they Because suck. we've been putting up with... No, they don't put up with it. Dude, they sell out every game. That's nope. because idiots that don't have season tickets buy the season ticket holders. <laughs> Because they have it's season amazing. ticket holders. It's not a, they're not good it, fans. My dad has three season tickets. He got the, the three-pack instead of four or two. Uh, I think I might have mentioned this story. When he, when he went to get season tickets many, many years ago, he's like, can I get a group of two together? And they're like, no, you can't get that. Can I get a group of three together or four together? And he's like, no, you can't get that. We can get you a group of three. And he goes, I don't understand how I can't get two then. Sorry, Mr. Pro, we can get a group of three. Yeah. Very so fan he, friendly. Yeah, she takes the th- pack of three, which is up in the uh, the saucer section of the new stadium. Yeah, newer uh, is it new? I guess I don't technically. Know. So that that uh, system, he got he has to buy eight regular season and two preseason games. He sells four home games and makes his money back instantly before the season's over. So sure. I could see what you're talking about. Like, yeah, it's a season t- uh, ticket fans selling their shit off. Yeah. But, but even I mean, last year when they how were when they, they were sell out? when they were bad, yeah, but they call it a sellout because the tickets are sold. I get that they do the attendance game at the on the Wrigley for all the games, and it was I can't remember if it was a Pittsburgh game or a Cincinnati game, but they were like uh, the official attendance is fifteen thousand something something, and uh, Pat Hughes was like, I don't think there's fifteen thousand here <laughs> because there were literally like you look at behind home plate there were like six people sitting in all those seats and then it was empty sold tickets versus actually exactly. showing exactly and that's what they call it because you look at the bears last year when they but all those the tickets were sold and all those tic- the tickets are all sold for this year too right. i mean it's all done 
That's what I'm saying. Bears fans go to the games no matter they what. They don't go to the games. Well, they buy the tickets. Somebody goes to the games. No, they were empty last year at the end of the year. They uh, were empty. They keep paying for the games. How they about that? They keep paying for the games. They keep paying. Yeah, well, they keep paying for the goddamn games. And nobody's ever stopped. And the light, the waiting list has got to be just about the same as, as Cub season tickets waiting list to get on that fucking queue to actually be able to have the right to purchase those tickets is I, sad, man. I was at – I'm on the Cubs season ticket waiting list. I signed up in 2004. Okay. I was still living in L.A. when I did this. 13 years ago. Yes. Where are you at? I, when I started, <laughs> I was like 150,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I am at 8,000 and I have been right around 8,000. They called me two years ago and said, you may get it. Visit. You may get in this year. And we started to actually like make plans to get the tickets. And then they, she emailed me and said, sorry, more, more season tick. They kind of average of who sure. would leave more season ticket holders came back. Okay. Because they had just signed John Lester and all that. Um, I've been basically hovering at about 8,000 now for, how much is that going to cost you? You have to buy a lot, a lot. you have to buy 81 games. Yeah. Right off the bat yeah. and you have to get at least a two pack, right? So two seats I per so. game. I'd have to go back and look at all the info. So you realistically would have to sell off 75% of those games? Um because you what can't I, go to 81 baseball no, games. No, not no living here. If hell. I lived in the city, maybe there's more feasible. Yeah. Um I would have to sell off some games, but what I tried to organize was, if I get these tickets, organize maybe like six Cub fans, and then we have a fun day where we draft games. Absolutely, yeah. You yeah. know, and you draft, and, and then when the playoffs come, you have an agreement that, you know, we all throw them for the tickets, and then we, we each get certain games, and then we can take somebody, but you have to take somebody that was a season ticket holder. So if it's face value, what's a, assuming you're going to get um, like sound say down third base or something like that. Well, I, I would probably get in like the two hundred section. Which what would it, what's the regular face it's value? Very hard to because the tickets vary in price based on the day of the week and who they're playing. Maybe uh, say fifty bucks. Fifty dollars times eighty one times what? So fifty dollars times two eight eight thousand one hundred dollars probably bare bones eighty one hundred bucks yeah. just to go. And I remember it was somewhere around there. And then you got taxes and fees, whatever else they want to. No, throw I kind of you. included that. Oh, and, is it? I okay. mean, sort of. I mean, it's 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 really hard to gauge. I mean, they <laughs> they gave me nuts. tiers of what I could buy, and there were some tiers that were that were reasonable mm-hmm. as far as seats, like not like sitting on the dugout, you know, where you'd pay a hundred grand, but. I'm talking like, and they were up, up over fifteen grand seats that I've bought tickets for. Now, Ali bought me uh, the thirteen pack for the White Sox for three years straight. I want to say we, excuse me, we never got to thirteen games any season. We tried to, but yeah. we would make like ten. It's very hard, especially this far away, and it's easier to get the Sox Stadium and there's parking. Yeah. And I went the one year, and there's that guy I buy season tickets that has season tickets that's been selling them since two thousand and. He said he's had t- season tickets. He went, got in luckily in 2003 when they had that great season. Yeah. Um, and then he had a baby. And has, <laughs> That'll cut you off at the yeah. beginning. Yeah, <laughs> so he's been selling his tickets, most of them, every year. And he has an email list. He sends out a graph with the games, and you email back and say, I want this one, this one. And he sells them to you face value. Very nice guy. Very tr- – like we don't argue about who sends the tickets first or who sends the check. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He sends well, the tickets. That, that's good. But somebody. I met him on I, – I found him on Craigslist. Like I was looking for tickets. And originally he 
with only selling them in blocks of 10. And so I went, okay, I'll buy 10 games. And I drove up to the north side where he lived, and I handed him cash and bought those 10 games. And I think I went to five. And I think I sold three and had to give two away because they, they were at the end of the year and the Cubs were terrible. And So so let me ask you this. If, you, if it comes up, your note comes up, and you're in the queue ready to buy tickets, and they tell you, well, Luke, we got you these decent seats – it's going to be $10,000. There will be no hesitation on your part to drop ten k for season tickets for the Cubs. I will because I know that I will probably make money off of it. Yeah, but that's 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 a lot of work just selling the tickets, too. <laughs> Unless you've got the right group of people, throw obviously. Throw them on StubHub. Yeah, man. Put it on StubHub. I guess everything's electronic now, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's so very not... easy. Okay. Um, I, you know, I would... I would buy them. It would be an investment. I might call my brother and say, hey, you want to split it with me? Oh, he'll, he'd be in that, right? I might sell, even be in it. I'm not a Cubs fan. I'm I'd like, sell Luke, probably. How much money are we going to make? Yeah, I would sell. <laughs> you know, assuming that they're good. I mean, if they, sure. if, they, if they if they plummet, then the ticket prices plummet. But I mean, you can sell. I think you got a five year lock of good. No but matter you gotta what. But you got to yeah. be willing to sell the good games, though. Sure. Too. You know, you can't go, I'm going to go to all the good games and I'm going to sell you the Tuesday night Reds game. You know, <laughs> you're not going to make any money that way. You got to say, hey, here's a Saturday afternoon Cardinals game. How much are you going to give me? Um, you know, we, we mentioned the Bears in there. What what's the deal with this draft pick? Because I which was, one uh, the Mitch Trubinsky? The, Mitch Trubinsky, the the new quarterback for the Bears. I know nothing <laughs> about it. I just saw the uproar on Facebook. Yeah, and so I don't know anything about. He came from Notre Dame. No, North Carolina. Oh, North Carolina. You're just thinking of go, Deshaun aw, Deshaun Kaiser. Aw, I just wanted to go off. Deshaun Kaiser. Now you can do it. Okay. Aw, there you go. All right. So I go on Facebook after the draft. I I forgot the draft was even going on. Yeah, and I go on Facebook, and uh, Rodney and I got a buddy named Roman, and his post was taking up my entire Facebook feed because it was just ha 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 ha, basically just making fun of the Bears and how terrible this thing was. Yeah, but it just uh, I kept scrolling and scrolling. I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> and of course, four or five other people are like. This is the worst trade ever. Uh, one one of my friends said, "I'm now a Packers fan." Oh well, he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Tom Burgess, in case anybody was wondering. But um, you can you can post on as well. I I know nothing about the guy. I know nothing about what the Bears did. So maybe you could explain it. Um, there were <clears throat> three, maybe four, you know, quote unquote blue chip quarterbacks this year. Okay. That I would say, and I and I say blue chip meaning they were the the top tier. With that said, none of them were projected to be a, like you'd say, this guy is a Peyton Manning. Okay. This guy is Drew Brees. This guy, you know what I mean? He's not, and Drew Brees got drafted in the second round. But I'm saying, you know, no one knows they're like this guy is going to be. He's a like success- Rex Grossman. Yeah. Oh. This guy is going to be a successful quarterback. A regular Kyle Orton. Trubinsky was arguably the best of those. Some people wanted Deshaun Watson, who was from Clemson, but the Bears were in a position of very – they picked, like, the worst year to be terrible because they had so many needs and there were so few guys that were like Miles Garrett, who was drafted first, that basically everyone, the consensus was, this guy's going to be a great player. Okay. The Bears have a lot of needs. One of them is those is quarterback, but at the position of three – in the third, yeah, the draft, third pick, right? It would be overreaching for any of those quarterbacks. So they were projecting take um, the Jamal Allen, who is a safety from Alabama, who's okay. a stud. So 
there was a lot of talk about trading back, and they could have traded back and taken the defensive end from Alabama, who they've said will get arthritis in his shoulder when he's older. Okay. <laughs> And that's what made his stock fall. He was projected top three. Well, he got taken at twelve. People even fucking they know could have that. traded back because he's got he's getting it now. Okay, but they say it's not really going to affect him for like another ten years. Mm. They could have traded back and got this guy very easily. All right, and still got extra rounds. Well, what they did, and my friend from California called me and said, "Why would they trade up one pick?" So they moved from the and three said, spot to the two, two spot. spot. So they gave up rounds to move up to get this quarterback, who most likely they could have got at three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's now, now I'm understanding the anger. And I said the only argument here is I said if there was someone trying to trade up ahead of them. Okay. And they had to outbid that person to get that pick. So San Francisco said, oh, they're offering me this for this pick, so if you want Travinsky – you know that team's going to take them. You got to move up to there. So there was some back backdoor dealings, well, probably that took place that nobody I, knows about. I've heard. I'm sure there were some sort of. Yeah. Um, that it wasn't even somebody else trading up. It was San Francisco that might have taken them. So they offered them rounds, basically not to take them. That's incredible. And San Francisco made out like a bandit because then they took a great player and traded back and got more great players, and the Bears. The Bears basically got rid of their their picks. Yes, some to trade of them. up one spot to get a to quarterback, get a quarterback who could or could not be that really started good. thirteen games in college. Okay, so he's and he was third team ACC. He he sounds pretty green, is what you're. <laughs> yeah, he he's, could he's, be he could be great, but you have a lot of guys that were going to be great that would step in right away. You would take your number two pick overall now. You want the guy to step in and be an impact player. He's not going to start next year. I guess technically the worst part of it is that they probably could have got him maybe if they had just waited and not got rid of any of their picks. Right, that's, if that's that your seems guy. To be... You probably could have sat back, and if he gets taken, you say, oh, okay, yeah, you have a I, will take, I will take this guy who is an awesome defensive player. They needed a, you know, they needed a cornerback. The top cornerback in the, in the league went at like 13. Okay. Uh they needed a safety. There were like four awesome safeties in the draft. <clears throat> the best one went sixth. Okay. So there were a lot of things the Bears could have done that would have improved their team without giving up. They could have added more improvements because they have a lot of holes. So giving up draft picks is not the answer to fixing your team. That's crazy, And in the second dude. round, they then, dra- then draft a uh, Division two tight end. Okay. While we're... On the subject of football, I want to change it up a little bit, uh, unless you had something else to add to the Bears fiasco, because I, a lot of people are fucking angry. I, are you angry about this? No, I yeah, expect yeah. this. They're idiots. <laughs> Just like running the mill. But we're we're getting a football team in Las Vegas. Am I saying that right? Yeah, the Raiders are moving the in The Raiders are years. moving to Las Vegas, and I wanted your take, because we didn't talk about this. I am fucking excited as hell to have a football team in Las Vegas. I go to Vegas probably twice a year. Yeah. And I think if there's one thing that Which this... Which will be there. Huh? We'll be there in November. November. Coach. Reuniting. And it feels so good. Yes. Which is where this <laughs> podcast was born. That's right. Walking the strip. I... If they... I don't know where the stadium's technically supposed to be. I don't know if that's been drawn out yet. I don't know. But if they probably make... somewhere in the if desert. If they make this part of... If they can build some sort of way you can walk there from the strip, 
It won't. I think that would be I don't think insanely it's... amazing. If they if they could put a hotel in in oh I conjunction with be, it, I guarantee there will be hotels around there oh, that will man. pop up. I see. This is the kind of shit like that that I always like. You know what Vegas needs? It needs fucking sports. There's nothing mm, out there. Here is what your but here's your problem. How many Vegas residents are there? That's a good point. Most of the people that like, actually live in Las Vegas are not like going to if I <laughs> the go, casinos. <laughs> right? They don't. I mean, I I. Uh, my ex-wife, Q. Voldemort. Yeah. Her best friend lived in Vegas. Okay. And we would go out there, and we would, you know, we would go to the Strip, but also would go where he hung out, which was not the Strip. Those were you gay know. bars. You hung out gay bars? <clears throat> well, sort of. Had them. Um, but, you know, how many, how many, I don't I'm know. i not calling I, him I gay. Even... He is, in fact, gay. Yeah, I he was is just, gay. I... <laughs> um, People are like, Nick. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I can begin to guess how many residents there are but we're not going to go to vegas and go and let's catch a raiders game see that's what i want to do i want to go to vegas and i want to catch a baseball game i want them to move a baseball team there so bad so i, I go to vegas and watch a i ball personally game. don't think there is going to be not a chance i think it's better than oakland yes, oakland is better a, than oakland. oakland is a dirty shitty town with oakland. no money and lots of crime and enough. You know, the A's are moving to the San Francisco side, and the Raiders are, you know, and the Raiders, who knows? They're the they're, Oakland yeah, they're, ish. They're the Oakland, they're LA, they're Oakland, they're Las Vegas, <laughs> and the Chargers are LA now, and the Rams are LA now. And LA's proven they can't support a team, and they got millions more of the people than Vegas because they don't go. Because I, they, don't, they don't support their fucking teams. Well, the, the amount, I, I think the people that are going to go to these games are going to be people like me, tourists that are just want something else to do besides. I. I don't like the shows there so much. I like to hang out and eat good food and and uh, drink and gamble. Drink and, and ga- gamble is like the second tier now because I'm afraid I'm going to lose all my money half the time. But mm, fuck you, Tom Brady. Anyway, uh, I just think it would be sweet if they could have a whole like sports. Well, there's going to be a hockey team there too. I just love it, dude. I have no desire. No, you're not a hockey guy. No, I, I just have no desire to go to Vegas and see a game of any yeah. sort. Well, you'll be in the poker room. I mean, if there was like a the what Cubs if they put a poker games, room in the stadium where you could watch the game as you play poker? That'd be kind of fucking cool because I do watch <laughs> I do watch the TVs when I'm playing poker. You, you, you got your hand and you just glance to your left out the window and, and Derek Carr's throwing a touchdown pass. Yep, and watching my, my uh, Mike Mike Trubinsky. Mitch. Mitch. Okay, that's a, such a Chicago name. I would Mitch go. Trubinsky. Now, if the Bears were playing in Vegas and we were out there, I would go to a game. Absolutely. Because it's Bears. Bears. But it's not my – and that's what I mean. If it's your team, how many Raiders fans are going to be in Vegas, let alone – you know, there's a portion of your small population, mm-hmm. and I say small comparatively to Northern California, but there's a small population and then a portion of that population that's actually going to be season ticket holders. Yeah. And, and that, there's where you run into your. That's the problem. Can we support a team? Get a baseball team, Vegas. I'll go. I'll go twice a year. No I think they'd probably be able to support a baseball team more. And I will say this: I'll be drunk, and it'll be my party place. I won't be going to watch the game. <laughs> Maybe a little. It's a real pitcher's deal here, Luke. As I'm down in Scotch, and yeah, the slot machine. <laughs> I haven't drank that much at the last few Cub games. I I cannot handle the bud. I can't hold beer anymore. I hate. I hate. It just and they're, they're starting to have like Corona. Like they stopped old style. Really? Yeah. When? Um, last couple of years. Wow. And now it's more like they have they have some craft beers. Um, but I found a stand that had Corona last game, so I had a couple of those. But I cannot handle Bud. 
we got we Amy and I went. It hurts your stomach, man. And this, we had really good tickets on Easter. And then I got offered the skybox. Mm-hmm. So I gave that to my sister, her husband, and her their daughter, and I had one extra. And I said, you know, middle of the game, we'll go up there. And so we went up and slayed. And I told the rep from Miller Light, I said, I can't handle it down there. I have to pay for Bud Light. It's killing me. And he goes, here. And he, you know, he pulls out because that's the only place in the stadium that has Miller is in the Miller skybox. Yep. And so I drank beer, and then I drank another one. And then he's like, here, take some for the road. And he poured them into plastic cups. And I'm like, why? I'm like, Amy, carry one of these so I don't look like a lush. And we took them back down to our seats, and I got to drink nice. Miller. I'm like, thank God. It's, but it's I really... amazing because they're both domestic beers, but one of them hits you a worse way because a lot of people can't drink Miller for the same reason. Yeah, I, and the yeah. flavor is so much better, I Absolutely. think, Miller. Absolutely. I cannot – and Bud makes my stomach hurt, and it just doesn't go down right, and it just never is – Bud Light, is far, is by, as far as I'm concerned, is the worst beer. There's only technically one I think is worse is Milwaukee's Best. Well, I'll me. take Milwaukee's Best over Pabst. Really? Over Pabst? I haven't had Pabst. I, don't, I haven't had a PBR. Pabst tastes like... I can't tell was, you the last time I had a PBR, dude. It was fermented in a homeless guy's foot. Mmm, <laughs> sounds good. I had a cake on my 21st birthday. I think I've told this. I always forget what story. Yeah, whatever. I could afford at college either one case of Miller or one keg of Miller Lite or two kegs of Pabst. And so I got the Pabst. And I said, took it, started drinking. I said, well, it tastes better at the end of the night. It did not. (laughs) I should have just got the one keg. Were you charging cups back then? You were running us. That's what Rich used to do. He used to buy kegs, I, charge like three, five dollars a I cup. I don't remember if I charge. Probably not. I probably just had it. And... <laughs> well, I wanted to talk to you about um, one thing that I thought was really interesting because it's in your wheelhouse and it involves wrestling. And um, let me look up the name so I don't get it wrong here. Um, I have a buddy who is my barfly, Danny Rhodes, and uh, he does a podcast with uh, his friend Kristen Toomey. They have a show called Butthurt. Uh, Danny's an actor. Kristen is a comedian downtown. She works at the at the Laugh Factory. So okay. she's, she's on a lot. And they interviewed this guy, um, Dylan Geek. Geek? I don't know if I'm... Okay. So uh, <coughs> he's from Lincolnshire, and he's all state wrestler. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with him. This no. is like last year. It, I haven't followed high school wrestling. He's in a basically while. a top tier wrestler. And they're talking to him. And the reason they had him on is because he just came out. Okay. Uh, he's he's getting recruited by um, Columbia. Came out as gay. Yeah, came out as gay. Okay. Uh, he came out like last May, but it got in the Chicago Tribune and all this okay. other stuff. Because, you know, he's a wrestler and he's telling a story and it's a great story because he obviously has that worry about people not liking him, his coach, his teammates, all this other shit. And Danny in the middle of it goes, oh, this sounds like a movie. And it really did. But there was a problem with it. Everything works out perfectly. Like, and I'm not trying to knock the story or anything, but everything that happened from his family Mm -hmm. to his friends to other teams in the league. Mm -hmm. Everyone was ultra supportive, mm-hmm. and obviously that's great for him. You know, this it's really good story that nobody uh, didn't accept him and his stance and all this stuff like that. But I'm like, 
Is that because of it's 2017 and we've made progress? And if that would have happened during your time playing, mm. obviously if it's your teammate, it's a little bit different. But if you would have found out a um, an opposing team, and you think about when you're in high school and the mentality okay. high school kids have, not because you're obviously more mature and more accepting now, but when you're 17 years old, I mean, back in St. Joe's, um, we would have been like, oh, dude, gay, you know, and we would have said all well, kinds yeah, of terrible we shit. Other, we called each other gay all the time yeah. because it's just a word that was, you know, it was like, Ooh. it was thrown around like yeah. fucking Frisbee. So yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's just an interesting story. So I, I just wanted, uh, if that would have happened during your time I, wrestling, I don't, I don't think it would be I, nearly the same. I think it'd be a much more vicious story, to be honest I'm gonna with you. I'm going to point to the dude that's on... Modern Family. Okay. Who plays Dylan. Uh, Haley's boyfriend, that stupid guy that is the musician. Is he Is he the guy from Workaholics, the same guy? I haven't seen Workaholics. Okay. Uh, keep continuing. And Dylan posted something on Twitter. And to turn the Dylan, I'm calling him Dylan. I don't even yeah, know his okay. name. About guys. About being like, and somebody was like, oh, my God, did such and such just out himself? Okay. And he said his response was perfect. I thought I didn't know I needed to come out. Okay, <laughs> and his base what he basically said was, "Yeah, I'm gay. I didn't know I needed to make an official announcement." Yeah, some people knew I was gay. Some didn't. Who cares? And I think that was my thought process. And it may have been different for some people, but I never. And this might go back to our last thing where I said, "Why does it even need to be sex? Have a sexual identity applied to?" Sure. When I wrestled people. I wrestled, I don't know, I wrestled from second grade to eighth grade, probably had about 30 matches a year Mm -hmm. in each, so that's 180 matches. Uh, High school, I had had about 40 to 50 matches a year. Sure. So call it 45 and 90 and 180, so 360 matches. That doesn't count summer. So figure another 200 summer matches through my career. So 560, and then college, just call it an even 600. Yeah. At no point in that time (laughs) did I think, I wonder if this guy's into pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Okay. he suck dick? Hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not even a, and good for him that they treated him right, but I don't, nobody gives a fuck. But he, he didn't, he didn't make an announcement like to the world. It just, you know, it just kind of seeped out and he had to deal with it. Exactly. Yeah. But I just don't, I don't even know why it should be a factor. It should. And maybe it's because people make it a factor because there's the people on the one side saying, how wonderful we should celebrate it. No, you don't need to celebrate that the guy's gay. It's not an accomplishment. It's a preference. okay? (laughs) And you don't need to punish the guy. Just let him be. Absolutely, man. It doesn't make it. And that's society, maybe. And that's what we got into last week where Jonah was like, maybe we do need to put the things out there that so that people realize it's not a big deal and that. It's that, not a big deal. And, and you know what, what? Going off of what Jonah, I think he was going more of the, the subtle things. You don't need uh, to show two people intimately kissing to get across that it's normal. Right. But at the same time, you can show LeFou giving a glance to another character that's a second long and implying, oh, he might have feelings for that character and it shouldn't matter. Right. So 
I mean, his story is it's such a positive story. Yeah. It's, it's great. Everyone so accepts you're saying him. everything fell into place for him. So it's like – So perfectly. So it's like uh, you can't take it with you or whatever that stupid yeah, show it's, was. Yeah, it's basically the, like, well, I'm you, Oh, you had this coming. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> the great fatherly response, all knowledgeable and accepting. Oh, so you brought this upon yourself, not you can't take it with you. Whatever. Completely different show. <laughs> I don't give a shit. But this, uh, one of them was a good show. One sucked. But if this happened in 1987, which is – were you out of high school? I was a freshman. Point? You were a freshman in high school. If this happened in 87, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. I think it would not have been – No, it probably would have been – the dude probably would have been ripped down. And I think our society has moved the needle on that subject in a positive way. Sure. The thing – and I consider myself a conservative person, and you'll see me argue against certain things – Yet support. You're gay more. People. You're, you're socially liberal, or at least becoming a little. I'm bit more. socially middle of the road, and yeah. the reason that is is because <clears throat> as long as you're not bothering anybody, I don't yeah. care. So even if even if I say I thought in my mind that being gay was wrong, okay, I still would be like, well, they're not really bothering me, so go do your thing, man. Okay, but oh, now like I don't. Your marriage does not affect your day. Yeah, you it know. doesn't doesn't do anything for me. I am all for moving the needle on these topics. Sure. Okay? I don't think anybody needs to be made to feel bad if they're not outwardly doing things to make other people feel bad. Sure. Okay? At the same time, I don't think that I need to pat motherfuckers on the back (laughs) because they dress as a woman. Or because they are gay. Yes. Or because they are black. Or Caitlyn Jenner is not a hero to us. Yes. So Move the needle to the middle and leave it the fuck there, okay? We don't celebrate. I I remember um, I used to watch MasterChef, and uh, one of the chefs, uh, Graham Elliott, uh, one guy, they were talking about his story, and he said, uh, you know, I recently came out and such and such, which made no sense to me because it was a cooking show. Why well, I needed to know that. Mm. Uh, and then Graham Elliott jumps in. He's like, yeah, that should be celebrated. It should be this. And I said, or we can just accept it and move on and realize it's a cooking show. And we don't need to fucking worry about if the guy's gay or not. Nobody gives a fuck. Sure. And at some point, society's going to have to say, I don't give a fuck. And I think that's where we need to go. I yeah. don't give a fuck. I, I think we're coming to the point where y- what you want is happening. Like things like his story prove to think- me. I don't think that we'll like, there. I, well, I think this is like the beginning of that. Like right now, everything worked out great. But at the end of the day, like but, if, if nobody would have found out of, or like if it would have been just happened naturally and nobody made a big deal about it, I think that's the point we're going to get to where it's. But you don't think that granted in his, in his timeline of life. Yeah. the people he's encountered have all been supportive and great. Sure. And been like, whatever. Yeah. A lot of whatever. But like, you dude, don't whatever. think there's people that saw that story and maybe not have he didn't interact with them then weren't like oh this motherfucker's gay and blah 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 and you don't think that there's people like oh my god that's wonderful this person should be put on a pedestal for liking boys and oh we we should we should you know which which is kind of what happened when you when you think about there was an article written about it but at the same time i think his story is only helping this same story 30 years from now when you got a kid that's you know wrestling in high school and, you know, he, he's talking to his friends at lunch. I'm gay. And then they go, that's cool. Do you want beef or fucking tacos, dude? Let's move on. You know, Obviously it, not tacos. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lip. <laughs> 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 
he does have a really funny anecdote. He's telling a story. He was telling his his buddies, and uh, he was driving with one of his friends, and he tells his friend in the car, he's like, "By the way, dude, I, I'm gay," and. Apparently, his buddy was spending the night at his house that night. He's like, oh, well, you had to tell me <laughs> right before we were about to spend the night. So as they're, they're chit-chatting and everything like that, uh, one guy's going to sleep on the couch. And uh, the, the wrestler, he's going up to his room. And he's looking at him from uh, above the stairs. And uh, he's about to go to sleep. And his buddy looks up and he says, hey, man. And he turns around. And he's like, what? Good night, fag. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It sounded, dude. I heard that. I'm like, is Luke your friend? <laughs> I think that's funny. So, I mean, cheers to you, man. I mean, I make I, I make jokes with Al all the time. We make jokes all the time. You it, know, he's got a. It's funny. He's got a. Uh, you ever think you you tick him off? You ever think you go too far? No, because I don't. I don't. Uh, You're not. I'm not. No I'm not making derogatory comments about him. And he, if 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 he's disagreed with me, Al is very. Very comfortable disagreeing. <laughs> He'll tell you okay. There was a point where we were on Facebook going back and forth, back and forth, and somebody was like, Oh my god, this is this is I've never seen you guys fight. And I said, This is not a fight. This is two friends having a discussion about things they disagree on. Yeah. We've had that a bunch of times. I'm like, this I'm is sure. we're not we're not there's no anger behind it. Sure. We disagree on something. They have uh water that comes out of their fridge like many people do. Well theirs is like inside the fridge. And it's like a little it's weird because they showed it. Like, oh, you get water out of this, and it's like a little bump. like a spigot or something like that. It's like a, it's got a little like thing coming out. You get the water out, a and nipple, and there's a little bump thing there. Right. And I, I I said the way it's shaped, it looks like a vagina with the clitoris, and you push the clitoris <laughs> to get the water. <laughs> so that led to an <laughs> evening of me making jokes about them not being able to get water because they don't know how to stimulate the clitoris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I'm like, you guys must be parched. Let me show you how to get water out of this thing. And I started, like, rubbing it, okay, and then I acted like I was going to lick it, and then all of a sudden I made water come out. And they, you know, and they laughed, and they're you like, got, you yeah. got to tease it a little bit. I, it's, if you can't laugh at yourself, you got, if your life's going to be very fraught with, with stress. Is this is a shitty, shitty existence, man. Hey, I think... We've gone 45 minutes, and we haven't talked about politics one time. I know. That's pretty good. Uh, but I did want to mention the the North Korea shit just because I wanted your take on it because we haven't really re- talked about anything in weeks, and I thought, well, this is probably the only thing that I really want to discuss because I think we're in agreement. Trump's, like, beating a dead horse right now. However, the North Korea shit has been terrifying me, i got to admit. That stuff is fucking scary, and... And I'll tell you why, not so much I'm worried about safety in the United States. I don't worry about a ICBM flying across the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, especially hit. since they tried to, <laughs> in their they, after their parade, they tried to launch some missiles and yeah. they all blew up. Failure, failure. South Korea has been given the updates. Like, oh, they launched another missile. Bad missile. Yeah, yeah. it blew up on launch pad. <laughs> this is what I'm really fucking worried about. I'm worried about the United States doing a preemptive strike. Us chucking a missile at them. Mm. And the reason I'm worried about that is not because of our safety or safety of our troops, because I have no doubt that our military will just crush and destroy anything that gets in our way. I'm worried about a million people getting killed in Seoul, South Korea in a matter of seconds after we throw a missile at them. 
And everyone's like, oh, we got a missile defense shield. I'm like, shut up. You're not, you're not going to get all of them. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, yeah. All you have to do is miss one. It, I, I don't see North Korea invading South Korea. What I may see them doing is attacking Japan. They, they got two targets. They're very close, and yeah. it would be very quick. Here is the problem, and I'm not worried about I, – I don't think Trump's going to preemptive strike. Okay, oh, as big of an idiot as he is, I don't see him. I could see him provoking North Korea to attack, and then us. That's the only way this works. Them. That's the only way this works. If North Korea attacks, somebody and and first. I say provoking, meaning, you know, it's no, it's no secret that I was not a fan of President Obama's foreign policy. I thought he was kind of a puss. His line in the sand I, that Syria I, then crossed, and then he drew another line in the sand. And as far as Obama's uh, foreign policy, I am approving of his foreign policy because we really, I think diplomacy is much better than death. And I obviously I, there's situations I get that's that, not but legit. he he by doing nothing in certain situations, he did two major things, which was allowed Syria to continue to kill its own citizens. Mm-hmm. And two, he set our relations back with Israel decades because he treated Israel like they weren't our ally when they've been one of our biggest, well, strongest that's supporters. because he's a Muslim. Well, whatever. So <laughs> I don't want to debate Obama's uh, – I, 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 But really we're going to talk about Trump. I mean he's, he's been in office 100 days. Right. He's got the keys to the car. The motherfucker's obviously not afraid to drop missiles. Well, not necessarily because uh, he hasn't done that yet. He, well, he did it to Afghanistan. He dropped that big ass bomb. Well, we've been he, bomb, but we've been bombing Afghanistan for years. Yeah. So there's nothing really. Uh, he got the big bomb. He got to drop the big one. Yeah. yeah I'm uh, sure he freaking masturbated after all, that. Yeah, but I, I, there's, I don't think that Trump is going to go. I'm attacking North Korea now because I want to. But there is a point where you do need to be tough. I think that people are scared because Trump is such a wild card. Presidents have been very tough with North Korea in the past. Sure. George Bush had sent ships there. Uh, Clinton was tough with North Korea. Okay. So it's not like being tough with North Korea is something we haven't done. But they don't know what Trump will do. And I don't believe that he'll launch a preemptive strike. That's Um, – I mean, that's that's kind of my, my, my philosophy is this. If North Korea, something so simple, tries to shoot down an American plane, say they, they're successful, they shoot down a jet, yeah, or uh, they lob a missile into South Korea and kill like 30 people. Okay. The world is on our side if Trump attacks North Korea. Sure. The world and I would support is him. on our side. You got Russia on our side. You got China on our side. If they kill somebody first, I hate to say it, and I don't want it to come to war because I wouldn't even want a war in that mm-hmm. respect. But we basically have a pass. There's yeah, a ball oh, yeah. pass. Oh yeah, we're the we're the freaking we are the world security. If Trump, as much as people hate yeah. us, when can, they have a problem, yeah. the first thing they're doing is America. Let's come here and help us. Help us. Help <laughs> us. Give us money. Give us guns. Send your troops. Okay, but if Trump hits first. We will we, be we, we will, will be, be fighting China and Russia. We will be the world's enemy, and I have no doubt that's how we'll be viewed. That's how it'll be spun. And you know what? I'd be in a little bit of agreement if there's no reason to strike them first unless there's an imminent threat. Right. And I got to be honest with you, I can't believe anything coming out of the administration lately. Like 
they'll lie about a fucking crowd size. You don't think they'll lie about whether or not, oh, uh, North Korea was about to throw a nuke, but we got them. Because you well, think the world, you think the world's going to buy it that shit? It wouldn't be the administration. It would be the military leaders that would. You would hope. Relay. <laughs> you would fucking hope. Um, I don't think they're going to. I think it's just a whole lot of talk, mm-hmm. as it always is with that goofy short dude, little Kim. I love. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole lot of talk. It always been. They've been doing it for. They've been doing it for decades. Oh man, it, it'd be. They nice. act tough. Yeah. And then they back down, and then they act tough, and then they back down. Yeah, I, I've I've been like thinking about world shit in my brain more than like my own. I'm thinking about more than like the six feet in front of my face, as you put it. And I'm more than my family and everything. And, like, I love my country, but man, if he attacks North Korea and North Korea decides they're gonna lob a goddamn nuclear missile at South Korea, which is mm. 23 miles away, mm. Seoul, South Korea, they can make that shot. Maybe. They, they can make that shot, well, even if it's a little bit off. <laughs> they'll be in the their wheelhouse. Their launch didn't go twenty three feet, but <laughs> I, 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 I personally don't see them nuking South Korea. I could see them invading and nuking Japan. Oh God, I would. That would make me sick to my stomach, like sure. instantly. And the, the reason I, I, I bring all would, this up, is and we of would this. be required to support it, not support it, absolutely defend at all costs. Japan and South Korea, who are our allies, which I'm very, I'm very, 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 it's a very strong feeling that we should always support our allies. Absolutely. And that's why I, I talk about Israel. I'm like, that pissed me off the way they were treated in that administration. But South Korea, we've, we've vowed to defend them. Japan, after World War II, we disassembled their army. Now they have a somewhat of an army they now. ish. Yeah. But we said, you will have no army, we will defend you. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have vowed to do. If Japan got invaded, think about it from a political standpoint. If Japan got invaded, it would affect the world economy. Yeah. Like you wouldn't believe. So this, need- this is what's been keeping me up at night, I'll be honest with you. This, you know, Trump, oh, the health care, all that other stuff. You know, like, yeah, that's that's terrible shit. But this shit is, is next level stuff. You're talking about people going off to war. You're talking about a ground invasion. Hey, that stuff is horrifying to me. Because sure. I, I just got this book from my sister. Um, she documented all of my grandpa's stuff from World War II. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll let you borrow this if you want to read it. It's, it's absolutely amazing. The mm-hmm. letters he wrote home, bad grammar and all, mm-hmm. uh, as an 18-year-old kid from Milwaukee going off to World War II. And I, I, just, I just wanted to read this. Was he dude. a Packers fan? I don't want to see I that. Don't, no, no, just, <laughs> <laughs> um. He got his card. They sent you a postcard when you turn 18 to get your uh, exam. So you're either 1A or 4F. Okay? If you're 4F, that means you're physically unfit to serve in war. Mm. He got 1A. So he's physically fit to war, to go to war. And his mom and dad, he went home. And he writes this. My mother reacted like any mother would. She was scared and said that her son would be going off. To, uh, scared that her son would be going off to war. My father, I'll never forget his reaction. He stood across from me, and he took his hand, and he slapped me across the face. When I asked why he did that, he told me, because I want you to know pain. Life is going to be hard, and it's okay to be scared, but it's not okay to be a coward. Nice. My father then told me to be a good soldier, and he gave me a hug and told me he was proud of me. All I did after this day was wait for the call to report for duty. Once I got that call, I was instructed to pack a bag and report. I was now a private in the U.S. Army. That's wild. 
Fuck. That's, that's, that's another time. That's something that. It gives me chills just reading that Because that was shit. an awesome generation. Because <laughs> it's it, terrifying, it's, it's dude. Now, someone's going off to war, they get coddled there's, there's and, and hugged. and Oh, my goodness. His father it's slapped him. Slapped him. To teach him to dick up. This isn't a time to hold your hand and weep. This is dick up, be a man, fight that war, come back safe. So here's the thing, right? This, I'm holding this in my hand. I get that, and I feel proud. Like, sure. I read that, and I felt great. The North Korea shit? If you're a soldier getting told to go off to war for this, well, it's not the same, man. That's the United II, States was, being. You get but the World idea. War II was a righteous war. Yeah. There was it a was, villain, a clear villain. Sure. So that's almost like fairy tale. Yeah, I know, man. I, but, you're, you're talking about, uh, you're, and I'm someone that really, really, really gets into World that's War II. That's why I'm saying you would fucking love This is um, personal letters from a guy There's a reason they call there. that the greatest generation. Yeah. Because um, that was the generation that put America on the map. You know, we were kind of like this f- sort of like wild card in the world. Like, were, oh, are yeah. we strong? Are we not? Are Cowboys. we this? Are we that? Yeah. Which way are we going with this? Sure. And then all of a sudden we became the powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And that was that generation. It's – I watched Hacksaw Ridge last night. I'm not familiar with it. Um, it's a it's a Mel Gibson movie. He, he knows story structure. Uh, he it was a <laughs> phenomenal film. Uh, that uh, dude that played Spider Man was in it. Uh, Garfield or Andrew Garfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's he's a they called him a conscientious objector, which he said I'm a conscientious supporter, which and is a true story. Um, he was a Seventh Day Ad Adventist. Adventist or, um, refused to pick up a gun, but he wanted to help, so he wanted to be a medic. So he went. They invaded this. Uh, ridge in I want to say Okinawa, mm-hmm. um, and basically they were climbing up this ridge and attacking the Japanese. Who they they would bombard them with shells, and then they would charge. And the Japanese were underground, and then they would come out and they'd fight and get pushed back. And this guy, true story, saved seventy five people after the Americans had been pushed off the hill. Jeez. He stayed up there and rescued 75 people, including injured Japanese, and was lowering them down this ridge with a rope tied around them and him posted against a tree, lowering them down. And he was mocked and beat up by his own troops for being a coward because he wouldn't carry a gun. He wouldn't pick up a gun. Yeah. And even in the fight, he, wouldn't, he, he finally picks up a gun to wrap it in a blanket to drag a guy out. Okay. Um, it was... That's it was something that man. I watch, and I, I see today you see heroes get created. Yeah, sure. Like the sniper guy. Yeah. Um, American Sniper. Mm-hmm. Great movie. I went, wow, that makes me proud. And then all this shit comes out, and they try to they try to bring them down. Who knows? Okay? It, it, you know. And that's what we, we have today. Somebody becomes a hero, and then they get attacked from, from somebody else, bringing them down. Okay? This generation... And something like that, there were so many heroes, and you can't you can't fathom, and nobody can fathom. Even our troops today will never be told, you will get off this boat, and you will charge the machine guns. And many of you will be mowed down before you even get off the boat. And you... 100,000 people 
charge that machine gun because we are right and they are wrong. And you'll never see that today. So even the people that fight today that put their lives on the line is not quite the same thing. It's, and these it's, were – It's a little was, bit more sheltered. I don't want to say they're, they're one, sheltered, but you get – you you, Well, yeah. they have the technology yeah. and they're smarter and all that. But this was what we had to do to take – to defeat – a man who was probably the most evil man in history. Yeah. Okay. And it wasn't like, hey, you 20 people are heroes because you did this. This was hundreds of thousands of people that in, the, in Europe and in the Pacific that charged knowing that 90% 40 of, them, of them were going to get dude, mowed like down. And they're yeah. kids. Yeah. Kids. They're 18. They're 19. I think this keeps going back to my That's, point. I support troops. I support the army and the military. I've got several family members in the military. But, man, it's really hard for me to support any kind of strike on North Korea. I mean, I just I just don't – unless he attacks first. Right. That, that, that would make sense. I would be very pro going in at that point because I think, you know, we, there would be a more justifiable cause. But, you know, to send people off – to get hurt, I don't want to have to uh, prove my loyalty for the troops to support a cause I don't believe in. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I, mean, I, I tell you, if, like, that's I been could, the whole you know after Vietnam when they were spitting on the troops. Yeah, and then people I went, never want to see that. I yeah. support the troops, but I'm against the war. I yeah. mean, they, they had to kind of like lay it out there because there's always idiots that is that is that a realistic thought? Sure, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I always you always you don't want to ever see Americans lose their lives in battle. No, God, no. You don't want to see anybody lose their life, but if it's us against them, you want them to lose their life before <laughs> ours. But you don't have to support yeah. a war. I was all for us going into Afghanistan. And I, you know, I'm a George Bush guy. You know that. I liked him. I didn't think he was great, but Come I thought he was fine. Baby. But I was all for us going into Afghanistan. I was not for us invading Iraq. Yeah, I okay. I was at the. Uh, the I, onset, I really was. I was. I was not. I was not. I, was not. I thought they were no threat to us. Even if they had those weapons, they were no threat to us. Now, I think the guy got bad intelligence. I don't think he made it up. I, I think that, you know, they said, oh, we have this, and then they, oh, but we don't. You know, and all of a sudden our troops are in there. But I didn't think there was a reason to go in. I still supported them. Mm-hmm. I still hoped that we, once we got in there that we beat the living fuck out of them because if we didn't, then it means our troops were getting the fuck beat out of them. I you I can was, support I was a warhawk at that point. You I can support you can support our military, you can support our country without being a dick, without yeah. agreeing with everything, without burning a flag. Okay? You know, we had the anniversary of Rick Monday burning the flag or grabbing the guy the flag from the guys uh, when he was on the Cubs playing at Dodger Stadium, and the guys tried to burn the flag on the field. I don't remember that. Oh, really? It was no. a 40 year anniversary. Rick Monday, these two guys ran out in the middle of the game, and there's Vince Scully's call going. And there's guys <laughs> this out flag there. Flag burning's brought to you by. Go back and look robot. at my wall. I posted it, and it's <laughs> oh, on Sports shit. Mockery, and they're ripping on the guys because like they were being pussies. He saw, like basically saying, he goes, the one guy tried to, after Rick Monday snatched the flag from him, they had poured lighter fluid on it and tried to light a match, and the wind blew it out, and he went to light another match, and Rick Monday playing. The outfield ran over and snatched the flag from him. Okay, I didn't and, know this at all. That's crazy. Sports mockery's ripping on the guy because he tried to throw the can of lighter fluid at him. He goes and he threw it. He is such a puss arm. He barely got it to, you know. And there, I posted. <laughs> go look at my wall and go back a little bit. But you know, and people were like, "That was a great moment and all this stuff." And then one guy commented, "I don't see why people make think it's such a big deal burning the flag. It's our constitutional right." 
okay, well, f- tell me in the Constitution where it says you can burn a flag because it doesn't. You could say it's our right because it was supported by the Supreme Court, but it doesn't say in the Constitution you can burn a flag. So no, stop saying it's your constitutional it's, it's, right. He's he got it completely backwards. It says it doesn't say it specifically. If it would, then right. You, but but it's the same people that say um, your. I've heard atheists say the Constitution says freedom not only of religion but from religion. Well, no, it doesn't yeah, say yeah. that. That's you adding it on. Okay, so stop. <laughs> That's not what the Constitution <laughs> says. But. Yeah, I believe I, you have the right to burn this, a flag. I also believe that somebody that's angry about that has the right to punch you. They yeah. might go to jail. For I don't doing think so. you should be able to burn the flag because hey. I think that it's a, it, it's I think it's a that's that's the part about freedom of speech. I believe it in all of its terrible forms. You know, but this guy posted this and tried to be like, you know, that's our right. He's, those aren't bad people that tried to do that. I'm like, in my mind, I said, first of all, they jumped onto a baseball field and did it, well, so it's trespassing. They're already illegal, yeah. Secondly, they're trying to burn the flag. Third, if they did burn that flag, it would have damaged the field. Yeah. Okay. Property damage. And I thought about all that, and I'm like, am I going to try to, like, no, rebut this no, guy? No. And I wrote, and he, the guy said, I don't know why people get so excited about what Monday did. And I just wrote, because people who burn flags are dickheads. There you go. Okay. That's a great And sentence. then all these people liked me, my comment, and were, like, putting this. And I'm like, hey, they're dickheads. Yeah, you have the right to do it. That doesn't make you not a dickhead. You have the right. You have the right to do it, and therefore you should not do it. Yes, and that's what makes this country pretty awesome. Use your words. Words. So, let's not go to war. I don't want to go to war. Hey, I got one Attorney Luke thing before we leave. Okay. All right, Attorney Luke. This case has already been settled, but I just wanted your uh, take as a lawyer. We have our friend who got dragged out of a United flight. The yeah. doctor. We never even got to mention him. We had uh, lots of stuff in between, but. Uh, Passenger on United flight, okay. doctor, he, uh, long story short, United overbooked the flight. They wanted yes. to get some of their employees to Kentucky, I believe it was. Yes. And they asked four people to leave the flight. Uh, two people actually left. They took a, some sort of a bargain. They gave them like 800 bucks. Mm. And then when it came to the other two people, nobody decided to volunteer. So they decided to pick people at random. They picked this guy in mm. particular. And they dragged him off the flight mm. and also, I believe, broke his jaw as they no, were doing it. No, not his jaw. I think he hit his nose. But something was bloody. Yeah, I think he yeah. hit his nose. Either way, got dragged off the flight. Uh, really terrible scene. There was like mm. 50 people videotaped from the yeah. goddamn <laughs> on the internet everywhere. So it just came out yesterday that United settled with him. Mm. Part of the agreement was no action should be taken against the Chicago Police Department mm. and the Chicago Aviation Police Department. I don't know if they're still CPD, but um, nothing is going to happen mm. to the police. Okay, We're just doing their job, and they're police officers, so they're going to drag your ass out of the goddamn plane. Right. At the same time, it was United's call that they do this. Sure. So United settled, mm. and they gave him money. Okay, The money's been Undisclosed. Sure. Probably part of the agreement. How much do you ask for, Attorney Luke? Because we got a good idea of oh, what was hit. How much I, do you ask I, United I'm for? looking for a few million dollars. Okay, so the I, I we even looked this up. The average settlement, a plea bargain like this, you usually get like ten thousand dollars from a company. Ten grand. He got but, more than that. Yeah, he got more than that. <laughs> the, he's on the internet everywhere. Mm. So you could even Say there, this was psychologically damaging to me because now I'm a household name. Everyone on the fucking internet saw my gut. Yeah, but he's a fucking hero to, to <laughs> half of them. So you're gonna ask for a couple million? Yeah, I'm pushing for a couple million. I settle at one five. One five. Yeah. The 
attorneys that have been online have been estimating he made between five to fifteen million bucks. And 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 that's, that's a a, a neat you know thing, and they don't know. No, they don't know. Obviously, but you got to look at how important it is. United is now stated that they will offer up to ten thousand yeah. dollars in credits to people to give up the seats. Eight hundred bucks is not nearly enough for United flight. An average United flight costs five hundred dollars. Yeah. So I mean, what the fuck were they thinking? You know? And if they're willing to go, if it's that important to them, I got a couple points to make. Sure. First off, you're right. And people ripped the Chicago Police Department. I'm sorry. The minute the police department became, came in there, it was because someone was trespassing. Yeah. And they have a right to physically remove them oh, if they want. Oh, they'll okay? fuck him up. Yeah. They're, uh, he was breaking the law at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. How it got to that point is United's problem. Why does United can over... Can I ask you a question? If that was you and the police asked you to leave, would you have left? You have every right to be there. Um, and I wanted to say, yeah, I would have probably gotten up when the police I probably came. would have got yeah. up. Yeah, I probably would have been like, okay. Um, and then I would have probably sued United or sought something from United. Sure. Um, but I don't fly United, so I don't really care. Um, don't boy People don't boycott United because they're an American company and they employ a lot of people. Oh, they and, say they're going to boycott it, but yeah, that's going to end tomorrow. You're going you're to go where the best rates are. Sure. Okay, where you're flying. That's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> How many bags can I check? Yeah, boy, you know, boycott United. Great. Let's put all these people out of work. Yeah. You know. Um, so you don't blame the police. If they're willing to offer up to $10,000 in credits to people to get off the plane, let me ask this. Why is it that they don't? just have shuttle flights for their staff to get to places that they need to and this is a lot of questions because i originally thought that it was just united people traveling somewhere Mm -hmm. but they were actually a crew traveling to get to so they could crew a plane sure so one why don't you just have a crew from that city rather than travel someone there two why don't you have shuttles for your employees that have to get to places yep Okay, if you know these people need to get from Chicago to wherever they were going, why don't you have okay, we know that these four need to get there. Let's get a you know, a small plane and we'll fly them out to It would you cost know. less than eight hundred dollars to rent a a church van and get them down to Kentucky. Right, wherever they need to go. Way less than eight hundred bucks. And that was what you were offering originally to any passenger. That makes no sense. Yeah, like, yeah. So you really need to get these uh, you gotta think about good business. Uh United handled it poorly. I would have sued the fuck out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, when they told the guy he was no longer booked on that flight, he was officially trespassing. And when he refused to get up, they have the right to remove move them. Not a good business decision way they, the way they did it. Especially with about a hundred phones coming up at the same time. This is right. a, this is the land of yeah, video. Probably man. every every phone that was up probably. Cha-ching. It was like a cash register. I Ka-ching. could not stand that fucking lady in that video. Oh my god. What are you doing to him? Yeah, I know. I'm like, all right, lady, if you care that much, get involved. Yeah. <laughs> Don't keep If you care that much, yeah. give up your seat so he can stay. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, mm, I'm going to look at my Sky Mall. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, don't bother me. I'm but, ordering a yeah. neck pillow. <laughs> Ooh, these headphones are nice. I'm going to get two of these. I would have been like, after they dragged him off, I would have been like, can I move to his seat? <laughs> He had an aisle. He has, he's got an aisle. It's clear. I can get right to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> yeah, I take the case. Uh, it was a no-brainer to me. Five to $15 million. And then this is an honest-to-God question. 
do you think he deserves no. five to fifteen no. million dollars? You don't think so? No. What do you think he would really deserves? I mean, obviously, any physical damage done to him, they obviously should pay for that. Yeah, that's that's well. You know. I mean, let's say he broke his nose just for shits. And yeah, I don't yeah. know physically what happened. Okay, you pay for his medical bills. Uh, broken nose hurts. Fuck yeah. Um, let's call it a uh, hundred grand in got, pain yeah. and suffering. Yeah, yeah. Um, embarrassment. Oh, that's got to be another okay. Let's go another go another hundred grand. Yeah, yeah five hundred thousand is a lot of money. Yeah, it is. Um, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Compensate him for missing his flight. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go fifty grand for that. Um. So yeah, what do you? What do you yeah, you're yeah. like at about. Uh, let's just round it fifty grand, or you know, I'm actually much lower, but let's just call it a half a million. Five, okay, he probably deserved about a half a million dollars. Okay, they didn't permanently damage him. Anybody who says that this experience traumatically affected them for, you know, years and years is a pussy and needed therapy either way. Um, it was embarrassing for him. It probably hurt. He is going to make money off talk, talk show circuits and whatever else he decides to do with it. Or he can sit quietly and on his pile of money that United gave him um, and do his thing. But I think we overshoot what people are owed for certain circumstances i agree i but it, it, i think the biggest problem with this and the reason he get, he's got estimated five to fifteen million dollars is because it was on the internet right i said yeah. every, for every camera held up it was like a cash register it, it, it was ka-ching 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 so oh let's look at him get, getting dragged out of his seat from this angle my, my final question for dr luke is this is attorney luke uh, sorry sorry god damn it i know it's tough i have two degrees yeah yeah you're you're pretty incredible would you take an ass whipping for five million dollars <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw that video. I'm like, yeah, I'd do that. I wish that was me. Oh, God. Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> As they were dragging me, I'd be like, I'm financially secure. And they would have been dragging me, and I would have been going, ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> it sounds like this. Drinks Luke, are on me. I'm really rich. I'm really, really rich. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> would you go, Would you? I mean, seriously, would you go through a, Yeah. Yeah. I'd I'd let you punch me in the nose right now and break it and take the pain and all that good stuff that goes with it for five million dollars. Easy, it's not even a choice. I get it. I, I see these things on the internet. Would you slap your brother for ten thousand dollars? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I did it this morning for nothing. I jaw the shit out of him <laughs> for for eighty bucks. Oh God, you got anything else, sir? Ah, uh, uh, no. Go look at my Rick Monday thing. Will. Well, I, I, after I'm done reading this, I want you to check this out. Okay. This is pretty sweet. Um, Go see and see Hacksaw Ridge. You'll enjoy it. Uh, when does your show open up? Uh, the next show, I'm not in it. I'm only producing. Birds. June 9th. June. And we did our recording for it. Nick will be part of it as well as me. I'm in the show. Yeah, we record, we're the news people, um, which was pretty enjoyable. <laughs> we had to, we had to uh, shout like we were uh, running in fear from birds. And in the middle of our shouting, uh, the guy that's directing us, he's the sound guy, he goes, oh, um, you know, make sure you get a clean take because, you know, I got to record the entire thing in one shot. And in the middle of us shouting, Luke goes, oh, my balls. So I'm not sure. No, no, I did not. That was at the it was at the end. And I, I thought it was in the middle. No, no, of it. it was at I, the end I, I, when it was all quiet. And I said, ah, he's got me by the scrotum. <laughs> um, I did work in you're going to get a disease. Yes. And I also said, get to the chopper. Which probably will not be audible because it was four guys yeah. yelling at the same time. Ah, my knee. Ah. ah. 
Weird take on the birds, too. It's like a walking dead, but yeah. it's, it's birds instead of zombies. Yeah, so. it's just cool. It's gonna be Neat cool. shit. Um, so June 9th for it the opens birds. 9, 10, 11, 16, 17, 18 in awesome. Morris. Um, it's, it's a good cast. It should be a good show. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, Jonah's not here, but dumb Jonah. Uh, listen to all the shows on the Disease Network. I'm um, That Just Happened, Something Gate, The Vag Dialogues, Hooking Up, Dust Drunks, Man Woman Movie, and The Mothership. You're going to get a disease. For Attorney Luke, this is Nick. Go get disease, everybody.